Welcome back to Corona Cold Reads, my entertainment world's answer to social isolation. Um, the Corona Cold Reads troupe has now officially completed every play in Shakespeare's canon, um, and we are moving on. Uh, as I'm recording this, we are actually we have actually finished our initial run of plays, which lasted a year and a half. Um, we began the very first week that the lockdowns began in Toronto, and we met for a while every two uh, twice every week. Um, and then we moved to once a week and we really developed a core troop of actors, both pro and amateur who came together, um, to read these plays, uh, every single week for a year and a half. So, um, we are now releasing them all for you to enjoy in podcast form. They're also all available on YouTube. If you prefer to watch the video version, um, I will give you a heads up for specific episodes. If I really think you should watch the YouTube version, um, cause there's a few that have really fun costumes and impressions and some cool visual effects and things. But for the most part, you should be okay to listen in podcast form. Uh, please do keep in mind that these are all real cold reads. For the most part, nobody found out uh, who they were reading, what characters they were reading um, with more than 24 hours notice. In most cases, people are genuinely reading cold. They haven't looked at the text beforehand. So there will be some stumbles and there will be points at which people are on mute and we have to figure out what's going on or a dog wanders into the frame or we have to deal with life interfering with our um, coping strategy here. So uh, please do be patient with that sort of thing. Um, so as we, we finished all of Shakespeare, so now we're moving on to the rest of the, I don't know, written word, I guess. Um, our strategy here was to break uh, everything down into mini seasons. Um, so we, we, we begin with uh, a season of Chekhov plays, and then we end with a season of Shaw plays. And in between, uh, we do a Sorkin season and a season of, uh, we do some seasonal things. So um, one-offs for Halloween or for Christmas or things like that. So we have a romance season for Valentine's. So everything is sort of uh, built like that. Um, in little chunks. So I hope you enjoy and um, please do check us out at my ent world, my ENT world, both on Twitter and Instagram. Um, there's lots of great contact content going up there, both designed for those platforms as well as linking you back to the website, which is myentertainmentworld.ca. You can find all of our written work um, reviews from all sorts of different arts uh, branches and we also there have the links to um, each of these posts where you can find the full cast lists um, and links to the videos as well if you're interested in checking those out for Corona Cold Reads um, and please do subscribe on iTunes where you can find all of our uh, podcast content which there's tons of it we have all sorts of different series going um, we have the favorite series in Corona Cold Reads and Corona Movie Club and um season one episode one and all sorts of other uh, great content in, in addition to our regular my entertainment world podcast so um please do check that out rate and review all that jazz and uh thanks for tuning in welcome back to sorkin season and this is actually my favorite episode of corona cold reads that's maybe controversial i don't know i feel like probably the best was somewhere in shakespeare or maybe one of the chekhovs but really in my heart of hearts it's this one. Um, this is our second week of Sorkin television, and interestingly, it's his less famous 
uh, week of Sorkin television. Um, and maybe that's what made it so wonderful. Maybe it's that sort of off the beaten path. I mean, it's not off the super beaten path. One of these shows was on HBO, but like, it's not iconic. You're not comparing everybody to the real actors. It's not as much pressure. Um, and it's things that are sort of closer to my heart in a way that aren't, it's, they're not close to everybody's heart. Um, I mean, lots of people, but not everybody the way the West Wing is, you know? So I, I really love this one. Um, so we start off with the reason I love this one so much, which is uh, the Sports Night pilot. I love Sports Night, uh, Sorkin's uh, short-lived two-season ABC I guess you could call it a sitcom. He really played with the genre, so I don't know that you can really call it a, a sitcom. Um, and then we'll get to the one of the reasons, probably the main reason why I love this episode so much is that to read the Sports Night pilot, my best friend Tessa came in to play Dana. Um, Tessa and I always, we love Sports Night. We watch Sports Night a lot. Um, we will, like, every few years just binge Sports Night. Um, she's always just out of the blue randomly shoe money tonight which is one of dana's catchphrases um yeah so it was just really fun to have her she's not an actor but she came in to do dana and it was delightful um and one of our other really wonderful friends david came in to play david armstrong came in to play casey who's just uh one of my very favorite characters as well um and they have a really complicated, Dana and Casey have a really complicated, interesting, long-standing dynamic. Um, so having people who have their own relationship come in and do uh, those parts really added to it. Joining them as Dan was Danny Paget, who uh, was our fun guest star this week. And it was so cool to have him. He was so good as Dan. Dan is really great casting for Danny. He is... Um, just he's like the charming anchor with more going on and i think that's a, a hit that danny hits very well and he um despite not knowing him at all uh have, they've met once before him and him and david uh really played off each other beautifully um as the sort of central best friends uh joining them we also have rebecca vega romero as natalie who is very delightful and scott garland comes in as jeremy big joshua molina fan there so it's great to have him playing jeremy basil dowd joins us for this one as isaac lending his sort of magisterial voice to the head of the i guess he's the network president or the head of the division or i'm not really sure what isaac's title is but he's the big boss man um and then actually the other big boss man we have the voice of the network played by Haley. Danelle, um, who's a good friend of Tessa and David, so it was fun to have her come in and uh, chastise David for his bad behavior on on air. Um, I love the Sports Night pilot. I think it's it's beautifully constructed and and is a really fun read. Um, so those are our main characters. Then we have um, Man slash Man on TV, played by Mark Crater. Woman is Melissa Wright. And then the support staff at Sports Night in the uh, control room. We have Will, played by Steve Vargo, which is a fun one because he's a lighting designer and stage manager. So he's always in the control room, if you will. Um, Guy is played by Mo Kamali. Kim by Elizabeth Morris. Chris by Laura Hubbard. And Elliot by Louis Fernandez. And I believe that is everyone. Um, so that's the Sports Night pilot, which you'll hear first, uh, which I love. And then um, following that, we have The Newsroom, which is another one of Sorkin's more controversial shows where some people... It's not even that some people love it and some people hate it. It's more that like the episodes that are great, you love, and the episodes that are bad, you hate. Um, it is within itself a whole gamut of emotions. Um, 
But we went and picked what I think is, I think the best episode. It's called First Thing We Do, Let's Kill All the Lawyers. Um, this is in season two, uh, which was important to me because I think that season two of The West Wing is actually its strongest work. And a lot of people quit after season one because it was frustrating. And I understand. But um, I think reading an episode from season two uh, is, and actually it's the pilot, or not the pilot, the premiere of season two. So I think that it's a good one if you did quit the newsroom after season one and you listen to this and you think, oh, that sounds actually pretty good. They're starting in on a season long arc. Um, they're introducing some really good supporting characters. Uh, they're moving people around, so they're uh, interacting in different dynamics than they were before. And so um, I think if you think this sounds promising, really go and watch uh, season two of Newsroom. I think it's uh, definitely worth your time. Um, so I, I love this episode. I think it's really good. And it's a great showcase for some of my favorite characters. Um including Sloane Sabbath who, um, and Dawn, who are my very favorite characters on the newsroom. And here they're played by Saya Floyd and Luis Fernandez. Luis Fernandez, who I cast all over uh, the Sorkin season because I think he just, the language sits well on him. Um, our leads here are uh, Christopher Prentice playing Will and Gabby Grice playing Mackenzie. I love putting those two together. I think they have fantastic chemistry. And these two, especially Will and Mackenzie at this point in the season or the series, have like a really fun long-standing but like a snipey relationship and uh gabby and chris really like embody that beautifully and so i think they do a great job um this is also where we get our very favorite corona cold read clip of all time which is uh the great classical actor christopher prentice singing rebecca black's friday um which is just uh, a delight just an absolute delight sometimes i'm bored and i just think partying partying yeah partying partying whoa and it <laughs> brings a smile to my face um so enjoy them uh we also have shaylin mcfall playing rebecca who is the the lawyer doing the deposition here um marcia gay harden's character uh we have the character of maggie who i always hated but i can't possibly hate her when she's played by melissa wright who uh, really elevates her especially when her on again off again maybe i don't know love interest is played by real life love mark crater um because those two are perfect together in everything they do um charlie the sort of old curmudgeonly sam waterston character is played by steve vargo which is always just the most fun to have him uh david armstrong comes back and he's playing jerry dantana who's the big guest star for the the arc of the season um he was played by hamish linkletter in the in the tv show who i absolutely adore and i think he's really um the heart of why season two works really comes down to jerry and his in his arc um we also have shelly played by laura hubbard she also is double, doubling as joey who's the graphics guy um but shelly is the leader of um, Occupy Wall Street because this show is set um, in the recent past, but it was from 2012. So at the time, Occupy Wall Street was the recent past, and she articulates some really interesting things. And um, I really love Laura Hubbard in that role because uh, no one articulates progressive values quite as beautifully as Laura Hubbard, in my opinion. So that's why she's there. Uh, Neil, the wonderful Dev Patel character, is played by Mo Kamali. It was delightful to have him back. Um, Haley Dinell plays West Voice and Joel. Danny Paget plays Reese Washington and John. Elizabeth Morris is Leona. That's the um, Jane Fonda role. Uh, the door guard as well as Shannon. Marlo Shaw is Ross, Herb, and Martin. Rebecca Vega Romero is playing uh, a whole gamut of people. Ken, Jenna, Kendra, Tamara, and T. 
Uh, Basil Dowd reappears as Cameron, Ryan, Gary, and Cochran. And Tessa Chernick uh, comes back as Mark, Jake, and Tess. Um, I think that is everyone. So I hope you enjoy the newsroom. Um, I really think you should give it a shot and definitely enjoy Sports Night because it's one of my very favorite things. And if you haven't watched that show, definitely watch that show and stop after episode 11. Uh, because then it kind of goes, it's still good, but it's not as good. Those first 11 are some of his very best work. Um, so once again, I've talked too much because it's Sorkin season. I can't stop myself. So I'm going to stop myself right now. Please enjoy. Sports Night, Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. Act 1, Control Room, Executive Producer Dana and the Sports Night staff prepare to go live. Uh, Studio A, this is Master Control. You're up on Router 7. Have a good show. Will, show me Denver. And I need 15 points of sound on Kansas City. Denver's up. Yes, it is. Give me Green Bay. Standby audio. Standby VTR. Georgia Jones, hot. You're hot, Atlanta. Somebody? Arrowhead then, back to Mile High. Is that how it goes? We're live here in 60 seconds. Somebody? Anybody? What do you need? Does Arrowhead... Arrowhead bounces to Mile High. Thank you. Um, why'd you change that? Just to mess with your head. Get me, Juliet, Ju- get me Judy at Oakland, Almeida. Studio, Dan and Casey at the desk. When you get right down to it, what I'm saying is this case. I think you should start getting out of your house. Dan, we're going to Arrowhead first, then to Denver. Got it. Uh, just out of your house. I am out of my house. I am out of my house for six. I've been out of my house for six months. I don't live at my house. 30 seconds of tape. We're coming to the studio in 90 seconds. Control room. Managing editor Isaac enters. Good evening. Isaac Jack is in the house. Natalie. Yo. We can make a feed on 43. Just make sure the guys have the change. Casey, did you get the change on Arrowhead in Denver? Natalie, if you shout into the microphone when I'm wearing an earpiece, it poses the question, is there a decibel level where the human head will just, you know, explode? Is he in a better mood than he was this morning, or is this going to be another crappy show? Hey, Casey, Isaac wants to know if you're in a better mood. Shut up. Pretty crappy, yeah. Dan, chaos. Roll tape. Good show, everybody. We hear Dan's voice on tape as the sports night intro begins. Uh, Dan, Casey, we're on you in 60 seconds. Uh, Excuse me? Dan's got his hand raised. Uh, Why are we quoting high-level sources inside the Swiss Olympic Committee on Helsinki's bid for the 2010 Olympics? Uh, What's the problem? Helsinki's in Finland. Really? Yeah. Don't worry, I got it. Are you sure? Uh, Am I sure that Helsinki is in Finland? Yeah, I'm quite sure. I thought it was in Sweden. It says unnamed Swiss Olympic officials. Graphics! Which is it, Sweden or Switzerland? It's in Finland! Elliot, get something up on the net! What do you need? We think Helsinki might be in Finland. Yeah, we think there's a pretty good chance. Coming live in 15. We'll change it on the teleprompter. Cool. So we can go after the show. You can stay at my place. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. I'm getting a divorce. I don't need a cruise director. Right? My foul. Forget I said anything. In five, four, three. On cue, Dan begins the broadcast. Good evening, everybody from New York City. I'm Dan Rydell along, alongside Casey McCall. Those stories and more. Plus, we'll take you live to the locker room at Arrowhead. 
All that coming up after this. You're watching Sports Night on CSC, so stick around. Four outs, up in 60. Yeah, in Finland, the national bird is the whooping swan. Thank you. Thank you. Act two, the newsroom. The Sports Night staff prepares for the next show. Dan enters, collecting on a bed on last night's game. Columbia 34, Colgate 3. Who owes me money? Thank you. Hey, Jason Grissom got arrested at a strip bar in Houston last night. It was only a matter of time. Kim and Elliot are on it. Kim, Elliot, Jason Grissom, what's up? He shot 12 for 15 from the field, and then he went to the Silver Key. It's a nude nightclub. Topless only. Guy called him something he didn't like, and Grisham hit him with a bottle of cognac. It was brandy. It was cognac. It was Cavassier. Cavassier is cognac. You get me the lawyer, you get me the agent, then get us Jason Grissom on the phone. We can't get Grisham on the phone. Yes, you can. We're trying. Try harder. Dan and Casey's office. The two anchors enter their joint office. 32 points. It was a career high, and then he sends the guy to the hospital with 14 stitches. Can you imagine if he'd had a lousy game? Dan sizes up Casey. You come in early? I came in early. Did you sleep in the office? I came in early. I came in yesterday. Mom? Dan changes the subject. Have I told you about my New York renaissance? Yeah, a lot. You've told me about your New York renaissance a lot. Natalie enters and hands the anchors a tape. Last night's show. What's up? Jason Grissom is free on bail. Casey slept in his office and I am having a New York renaissance. Cool. Rundowns in five minutes. Natalie exits. Hallway. Isaac and Dana on their way to a meeting. I think the show's going to hell in a handbasket and I'm ready to fire the whole bunch of you. Yes, but you won't because we're like family here and I'm very much like a daughter to you. No, this is a television show here and you're very much like an employee to me. I gotta give Casey some slack, Isaac. Why? Why do I have to give him some slack? That's the question. If you can't tell me, I can't tell the network. Isaac. What? Is there something going on between the two of you? Absolutely not. Then why? Because I owe it to him, that's why. We all do. He's having some personal problems. Oh, I know all about his problems. You know the network knows about his problems too, as a result of which they become my problems. And I'm saying at the very most, I want them to be your problems. Got it. Do you? Yes. Good. Conference room. The whole staff gathers for a rundown meeting. It's a genuine renaissance, Casey. I have lived in New York my whole life. This is the time I should be sick of it, but I'm not. Because you're having a renaissance? That's right. Really? Yeah. Nobody cares. So how do we avoid these Helsinki mishaps in the future? We've been shorthanded since Phil and Michael left. Well, hire somebody. Natalie's been interviewing some people for an associate producer position, and I'm meeting her finalist this afternoon. You guys, he is so totally cute and intense. With a dark mystery about him that says, this is not a technician, this is an artist. Well, before you hire him, can you make sure he can find Finland on a map? You know what, Isaac? Maybe let that go. The Metropolitan Opera under the baton of Mr. James Levine. What is he talking about? His New York Renaissance. You want to hear about it? No. Good. Quickly now, talk to me. 7 through 17, we got the world whip around with what? Lambeau, Three Com, and Foxborough. Casey's got Tampa Bay and the mighty Bengals of Cincinnati. What's in Cincinnati? Well, the mighty Bengals, for one thing. They're going to cut Centauri. The place kicker? He's made eight field goal attempts in the last three games and has connected on a grand total of none of them. I, I've met him. He, he's a good guy. Can't kick. 
He is a good guy. He can't kick. He'll get picked up by another team. No, he won't. You know why? Why? Because he can't kick. All right, commercial one, then to the dugout report. I saw him kick at practice. At this level, they pretty much want you to be able to kick in the game. Moving on from center ice. I once kicked a 12-yard field goal in gym class. Well, then you should get yourself a tryout for the mighty Bengals of Cincinnati. Excuse me, if anyone needs me, I'm going to be hurling myself out the window. Plaza Hotel, Oak Bar, Dry Martini, New York at night, my friend. This city never sleeps. Commercial two, then on to segment 24. A network executive named JJ interrupts Dana. You're on mute. Actually, I'd like to go back to number 23, if nobody minds. Any chance we can do that a little later? I want to move this along. Yeah, the network would like me to address this now. JJ, Dana's the producer. We like to give her the impression that she's in charge. It's just that we're a little short on time. Segment 24. I have some concerns with segment 23. Is this you or the network? In these meetings, Casey, mine is the voice of the network. Wow, JJ. What are your concerns? Who is this Insaki Nelson and why are you doing three minutes and 20 second feature on him? Natalie. Nsaki Nelson's a South African distance runner, 15,000 meters. As a school teacher in Jamestown, he led protests against the white majority. Well, that's swell, folks, but I have... Ah. Uh, 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 I. Ah! He was beaten up and thrown in jail. Both of his legs were broken, and the doctor said he'd never walk without a cane. He's 41 years old, and guess what he's doing tonight? It doesn't matter, because I've already changed the channel. He's running in the World Pacific Games, an event this network is carrying live at 9 p.m. The Endosaki Nelson feature is promoting. Look, all I'm, I'm happy that you guys are spotlighting other programming, but we can't find a good-looking 22-year-old American who might actually win. Well, if you find him, send him over to my place. But in the meantime... Look, I have a ratings book on my desk that's very instructive. Now, it says that our key demographics, including 11 to 17-year-olds who watch our morning rerun over breakfast, do not want to see features on 41-year-old politically oppressed third-world distance runners. Now, these they're instructing us, and I think it's a good idea that we listen. I've got Jason Grisham on the phone. JJ... Danny and I have hosted shows in the fifth and third largest markets in this country, and we have received awards for journalistic excellence. I prefer not to take my instructions from 11-year-olds. And the next time you sit in on one of our meetings and I hear the voice of the network come out of your mouth, I'm going to put my foot on your throat. Casey exits. You ever ride the subway all day long? I mean, just for the fun of it. (sighs) Natalie, Kim, Elliot, everybody else, you want to step outside as well, please? Go ahead. Everyone exits. I would like to apologize for Casey's performance during these meetings. Yeah, I'm not concerned about Casey's performance during these meetings lately. Well, I appreciate your understanding. I'm concerned with Casey's performance on air lately. What's your point? My point is that the moment Casey has less on-air charisma than my high school driving instructor, and you know it, Danny. Now, I think the time has come for you to think about the possibility of another partner. Well, I'm not going to do the show with your high school driving instructor, JJ, if that's what you're asking me, okay? Well, who will you do the show with? I'll do the show with Casey. You have a very big future at this network. My future is writing and anchoring a sports show with my partner, Casey McCall. Now, if it's here, it's here. If it's not, it is someplace else. For now, I'm going to forget this conversation ever took place. Dana, (laughs) Isaac, you guys need me? No, thanks, Dan. You're done. Dan exits. Really got to admire the way you manhandled my staff this morning, JJ. 
Look, Isaac, I have a specific- Look, don't take me on. The network's not gonna wait forever. JJ exits. It's your call, Dana, but pretty soon it's gonna be my call. Cause here's the thing, I can't let it be their call. Isaac exits. Yeah. Act three, the newsroom. You can put a Tonka truck on Mars and send me pictures, but I can't get a decent satellite from Buenos Aires? Uh, excuse me, ma'am. That's probably because of a high pressure system building up around 32 degrees south latitude. It'll blow by in two hours. There's weather in outer space? Uh, no, ma'am. Uh, but I think you're leasing time on the East Tech Keyhole satellite and their signal gets cleared through a tracking station in Mexico City. Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make is that I can't, who, who, who is this? Jeremy, take your hand. I am Jeremy Goodwin. Oh, you're here for the associate producer job. Yes, and let me t just say it is an extraordinary honor to even be asked. I'm not ready for you yet. I'll sit right here. 23 degrees latitude? South latitude. Ah, I get them mixed up. Common mistake. And in Casey's office, Casey's at his computer, Dana enters. Hey. Casey. Listen, I need you to take 30 seconds of the NFL injury report and give it to me on the intro for the ACC recruiting violations. Fine. Thanks. You're screwing up my show, Casey. Keep the 30 seconds. That's not what I mean. I know. I was joking. I know you're joking. Yeah, I could tell by the way you didn't laugh at all at what I said. That's because I'm mad at you, and also it wasn't that funny. Dana, did you come in here to give me a pep talk? Because if you came in here to give me a pep talk, can we just assume that it happened already and that it worked and that I'm peppy? Casey, sit down. Casey sits. Now, I know you think that there are 250 other people in this business. No, I don't think there are 250 other people in this business. You can produce this show. Yes, you, can you do. This show. And whether or not you're right or whether you're wrong, I'm the only one who has this job, and I love it. I love producing Sports Night. I live from 11 to midnight, and the rush is so huge. I don't come down until 3 o'clock in the morning. I love doing Sports Night, and you used to, too. Now, I came in to tell you that it looks like Cleveland's got to go to a four-man rotation for the stretch drive. I came in to tell you that it looks like segment 16 through 21 might have to get condensed for a possible story coming out of South Bend. But mostly, I came to tell you, you're screwing up my show. Dana exits, already moving on to other things. Natalie. Newsroom, continuous. Yo. Let's meet your guy. Natalie leads Dana over to where Jeremy is waiting. Jeremy, this is Dana Whitaker. We've met. Yes. You have an impressive resume. Let me ask you some questions. You look nervous. I'm okay. Would you like a glass of water? Uh, no, thank you. Uh, uh, soft drink. We have uh, Fresca. If you take new orders, I'll have the angel hair pasta and a nice Merlot. I'm just... I know. Uh, can we just interview the man? I'm just trying to make him comfortable. A little professionalism is all I'm saying. I can come back later. What are your favorite sports? Back down. Beg your pardon? Where are you strongest? Oh, football. Let's talk about basketball. I said football. I heard you. Let's talk about basketball. We could talk about baseball or hockey. Oh, you're pretty strong in baseball and hockey, are you? Not as strong as football, but... Uh... Good. Let's talk about the Knicks. I walked right into that one, didn't I? Well, I left the door wide open for you. Shot of bourbon. Please. Sit. Natalie sits. I'm sorry, that was harsh. I hurt your feelings. Name three things the Knicks need to do to to need to 
to do this season to make it to the finals? I couldn't get another question. You will, but not until I hear the answer to this one. What do the um, Knicks? Um... Three things the Knicks need to do to contend. Miss Whitaker, I would be great at this job. You gotta believe me when I say I've been training my whole life for it. I've crunched stats, I've broken down film, and there wasn't a team at my high school that didn't have me as an equipment manager. I have read every box score in every newspaper that's printed in English and has a sports section, and I have seen Sports Night every night since your first broadcast, two years, two months, and a week ago today. Now, yes, sure. Indeed, I can tell you what Ewing and Oakley are shooting from the field, and that you're not going to stop John Starks if he squares up to the basket and put any defense presser on Charles Ward. He's going to fold like a cheap card table. But if you're asking me for genuinely sophisticated analysis, and I sense that you are, you got to give me some time. At least 20 minutes. Did that make any sense? I wasn't really listening. Oh, God. Jeremy, Jeremy, this is television. Whoa. Things happen. If you want to work here, you got to not spontaneously wig out. Not till an hour before airtime. Name? Oh, right. Right. Um, the Knicks? Name three things. Improve their free throw percentage. Yes. Run the floor. Okay, one more. Tell Spike Lee to sit down and shut up. Well, welcome to Sports Night. Dylan Hurt, Jeff Gordon, and Rusty Wallace were just a few of the big name racers that NASCAR had on hand yesterday at the Darlington Motor Speedway. Yesterday Speedway? What's the problem? You don't want to rhyme. Got to move yesterday to the second sentence. Dan makes a note in his script and starts reading again. Uh, just a few of the big name drivers NASCAR had on hand at the Darlington Motor Speedway. The press event held yesterday was to announce that. Hey, we need to talk. What's up? Well, I've been thinking about this for a while. I mean, I want you to know that I've given this some thought. Oh, I think yesterday has to go in the first sentence and I'll tell you why. Um, I've been thinking about leaving the show. For how long? I've been thinking about it for a while now. No, I didn't ask how long you'd been thinking about leaving the show. I was asking how long you were thinking of leaving the show for. For good. Did you get an offer? No, I didn't get an offer, Danny. I'm not doing another show. I'm, I'm thinking about getting out of sports. Why? Look, I'm just tired of it all, all right? Tired of what? But first, this. Sacramento power forward Jason Grissom was released by a judge this morning after posting a $5,000 bond. Which, by the way, he paid in cash. He happened to have in his pocket. So Grayson, or so Jason Grissom's a jackass. You know, you know Jason Grissom. Look, I got into this because people like sports, and I've turned into a PR man for punks and thugs. Now, any atrocity, no matter how ridiculous or hideous or childish, it doesn't matter. I make it sports. Ten cent bag man whacks a skater's leg with a crowbar. That's sports. Ten cent uh, second round draft pick gets cranky in a Houston bar, and that's sports. And let's not forget the mother of all great sports stories, a double homicide in Brentwood. If you want to talk, I'm all for it, really. I am. But let's talk about what you really need to talk about, okay? The moral decay in American sports isn't the problem here, all right? It is the problem. Look, 
I have a seven-year-old son that I get to see on Wednesday and alternate weekends, and these are his heroes. And now six days a week, they're also his male role models. Well, quitting your job ought to do the trick. Look, Danny, I know I'm leaving you in the lurch. No, 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 I meant it. You should definitely quit your job because that way sports will be good again. And your wife, she'll take you back and you can be a role model for your son, you know, knowing as we do how women and children admire the bitter and unemployed. Are you mental? I'll see you at airtime. Casey starts to leave. Yeah, do, uh, yeah, one thing you definitely don't want to do is talk to your friends. You wouldn't want to do that. Hey, I know you're pissed and that's fine, but canning the sarcasm wouldn't be out of line. Fine and line, rhyme. I moved the fine to the second sentence. Danny, are you going to find another, you're going to find another partner. Anyone would kill to do this show with you. I've been here every day, Casey. Every day. And I've kept my mouth shut because that's what you asked me to do. But if you had asked me, I would have told you that Lisa is an angry, unhappy, punishing woman, and that in 10 years, there's never been a single moment that has suggested to me that she has any affection for you at all. And I have no patience for people like that. Now, the people here, they like you. Isaac, Natalie, Kim, Elliot. I don't know who this new guy Jeremy is, but he seems to like it just fine. Have you ever noticed that Dana's been keeping JJ and the network away from you with a whip and a chair? Hmm? Have you noticed that she's been risking her job for you every day? And do you really think, my friend, it has much to do with your talent? These are people who like you. Kim runs in from the, fr- from the hall. The guys ignore her. Guys. And know what you've been going through for three months now. You guys. You us nothing but the back of your hand. And now you're going to show us the door? Well, excuse me, all right? But the wisdom of your decision isn't entirely clear to me here. Excuse me, fellas. Yeah, I'm pissed. And you know what? I'm tired of it. Dan. Casey. What? There's something going on you're going to want to see. Come on. Kim runs out of the studio. Dan and Casey follow. Newsroom continuous. The staff is gathered around a television watching a race. Hey, hey, what's going on? Check it out. Oh, we need an audio. That time can't be right. Danny, Danny, can that time be right? Uh, absolutely crazy. With 900 meters left, this 41-year-old, the Tozak Nelson, is on pace to absolutely shatter the world record. Go ahead on, old man. Is he going to do this? Does it look like he's planning on slowing down? The staff cheers as Casey runs into the conference room and grabs a phone. Lisa. Lisa. Lisa, it's me. I'm sorry. I I need you to do something for me. Uh, I I need you to wake up, Charlie, and give him the phone for a second. Because I need you to. Charlie? Hey, it's Dad. Hey, did you finish all your homework? Good. Now now turn on your TV. Turn Turn on to my channel. I want you to watch this. This guy's name is Ntozaki Nelson. I'll call you tomorrow and I'll tell you all about it. But for now, you just watch him run because he's not doing much, but he's running faster than any man's ever run before. I'm going to be on air in about 12 minutes. And if mom says it's okay, you can watch the beginning of the show. And then I'm going to give you that special signal. And that means you have to turn off your TV and go to sleep. I love you too, Charlie. Back in the newsroom, Dana is gearing up for the show. Listen up. They're going to bounce to us for a 15-second promo at the end of the race. Natalie, get the first team in the studio. Kim, Elliot, let's go. I need graphics. We need Casey. Okay, got it. I'll take care of him. You okay? Absolutely. Get to work. Absolutely. Studio slash control room. The staff is in place, ready to go live. It's a 15-second teaser. Dan, do you need copy? Is the opening Lakers Sonics? Lakers Sonics Pistons Heat. I'll take it. You want it? It's not that my teasers are better than yours, Danny. It's that yours are vastly inferior to mine. 
I'm new here, so if I'm in your way, you just let me know. No! Yeah. He tries to sit. Problem. And Dan Daniel. Broadcast. What? You were right. I was wrong. It won't happen again. 15 seconds. Want to do something tonight after the show? Yeah, you know, I was going to ride the Staten Island Ferry for a while. I have a hot dog. You want to come? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you why. Because it's 17 degrees outside with the wind chill. So what I want to do is stand on a boat in the middle of New York Harbor past midnight. You got a better idea? Well, we could go to a bar, find some people we don't like, and beat the crap out of them. Dan and Casey, high five. Heads up. In three, two, I'm Casey McCall alongside Dan Rydell, Lakers, Sonics, Pistons, Heat, and guess what? Ntozaki Nelson's got something to say about a world record. Seeing is believing. Back. Coming at the top of the hour, you'll be glad you did. And we're out. We're up in nine minutes. Dana, could you come here for a second? Do you have any idea how to spell Ntozaki? Will shakes his head. Dana leaves the control room to talk to Casey. What do you want? I want you to come here. What? No one can produce this show but you. They hug. Dana wipes her cheek. Um, you, you have nine minutes. Some, someone get him a new shirt. What's wrong with my shirt? You got my mascara on your collar. Natalie? Yeah? I get someone on the phone. I want to make sure there aren't any going to be any mistakes. I'm nervous about the satellite feed from Buenos Aires. Sure. Natalie? Yeah? Argentina? All right. Natalie? Uh, double check that. Casey rejoins Dan at the desk. You know what? Here's something I don't understand about rugby. Oh, you do understand something about rugby? I played rugby, all right? Now, I want to ask you a question. Wait, 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 wait. When have you played rugby? When I was in college, I played co-ed rugby. You did not play rugby. I did play rugby. Now, I want to ask you a question. Roll credits. Here we took a brief intermission, which I'll cut out for you and take you right into our newsroom episode. Enjoy. So, everybody's ready. Let's start the newsroom. The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. Fade in, interior conference room. Will sits across from four people. If Ben Ferocio hadn't broken his ankle, if Jem Harper hadn't gone to New Hampshire to cover for him, if Jerry Dantana hadn't been brought up from D.C. to cover for Jim, if Mike Tapley had been used on the panel instead of Cyrus West, do you think that he would... Genoa. Say again? The name of the black op was Genoa, not Geneva. It's a kind of a jib or foresail on a boat. Did I say Geneva? No, but Matt typed it in his notes just now. Mark, and he's right, I did. How did you know that? Well, I don't like to talk about it, but I know things. Ever since I was a boy, people have called it a gift, but it's really more of a burden. You want to stop screwing around? I can see his fingers on the keyboard. He typed Geneva. We work in television. There's no reason we can't have jokes. You work in television. I'm a litigator with Lowell Tiller. Genuflect when you say that. And there are a lot of reasons we can't have jokes. Should I list them? You went on the air with a story that alleged the U.S. It was a mistake. Nerve gas. 
during an operation, which is On a war enemy. crime. We had two eyewitnesses and a three-star general. And a doctored interview and a producer who says- that A doctored interview, that's why the he Pentagon fired him. To cover up Operation Geneva. Genoa. Fuck me. Well, would one of you please fuck Miss Halliday? That was a little funny. Finally. Did you take calls from the DOD asking you not to run the story? Well, that happens all the time. The entire population of the Pensacola Minimum Security Prison is people who did things that happen all the time. We ran the story. Then you retracted it. Of course we retracted it. At the urging of the DOD. Absolutely not. A knock at the door. Maggie's in the doorway. Uh, excuse me? Come on in. Maggie enters and goes to Will. Maggie Jordan, this is Rebecca Halliday, our lawyer. These are her associates, Bob, Tom, and Kurt. Ross Geller. Mark Gage. Ken Weinrob. What do you got? Looks like Romney's going to add an event in Charlotte at 8. He's going to go on around 8.15. We'll cut in if he's saying something. Otherwise, we'll stay with Sandy. Got it. Will watches as Maggie exits. Ross hands Rebecca a file. Maggie Jordan is Margaret Jordan? Yeah. What happened to her hair? I don't know. Women try things. What the hell happened to her hair? Look, she went out on a story. She went to Uganda. It got real very fast, and she came back a little messed up. Well, if this goes on to the next level, she better get unmessed up in a hurry because she's a character witness and she looks like a girl with a dragon tattoo. Counsel, if what happened to her happened to you, you'd kill yourself for the rest of your life. You'd sit in the middle of a room and cry forever. A year ago, she looked like this. Now she looks like that. What happened to her in Africa? It doesn't matter. Can I decide that? I'm her lawyer. I'm her lawyer, and your lawyer, and Mackenzie's, and everybody's. And if you don't let me do my job... You're gonna do what? Jump lose. really high in the air and swat my chin? I have the confidence of a tall man. Lose. I was going to say lose. And no one responsible for Genoa will ever work again, including, and especially, the anchor and executive producer of the broadcast. If Jim Harper hadn't gone to... No. The... Let me finish the question. We don't have time for that. No. If Jim hadn't gone to New Hampshire, if Dantana hadn't come up to cover for him, if West hadn't been on the drone panel, if 17 different things hadn't conspired in just the right order, we wouldn't be sitting here. 14 months ago, you went on the air and called the Tea Party the American Taliban. I did. And? The Taliban resented it. 14 months ago, you went on... We're starting at the beginning. 14 months ago, you went on the air and called the Tea Party the American Taliban. Yeah. What happened then? A lot. For starters? The president of AWM got kicked out of the Capitol building. Interior Capitol hallway. A meeting is being prepared. Reese Grinch approaches the room. Have they started yet? No, sir. Uh, I was at the Jefferson. I couldn't get a cab. You can pick up your ID right there. Uh, there's supposed to be a card for me. Uh, I don't see my ID here. Reese Lansing, AWM. I don't see your name, sir. Lansing. Reese Lansing? I don't have a Lansing here. Maybe there's a typo. Can you look under... Um... Everyone is accounted for. This is a judiciary... Yeah. I see people I know there. It's okay. I'm the president of, the a of uh, AWM. I can't let you in without ID. Who do I speak to? 
About what? About getting in the door. Me. Okay. I honestly don't want to be rude, but you're the man with the clipboard, and I need to speak to the chairman or ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. And what's standing in between you and doing that? You. Guard nods. The meeting room doors are closed. Okay. Reese walks off angrily, punches his briefcase. Interior, Leona's office. No, it wasn't an oversight. It was deliberate. Those two words are antonyms. Are you telling me... Who thought that calling the uh, calling Tea Party congressman the American Taliban would have consequences? Are you saying... There was absolutely no way to see this coming. The consequence was that you were left off of a guest list. For SOPA, not the Met Gala. It almost seems like when we called them the American Taliban, they minded. Stop. Are you telling me AWM was left out of a meeting with the U.S. House of Representatives because of the show last week? Oh, don't be silly. Wait, yes, that is exactly what we're telling you. Do you know how much we lose every year to piracy? No. No? Me neither. It could be 10 billion, could be 100 billion. Let's just assume it's 10 billion. Okay. I want the 10 billion. We own intellectual property, and I want the fucking pajama people to stop stealing it. Let's try to get to the bottom of exactly why they minded being called the American Taliban, because I don't get it. Is your suit mildewing? Yes, it is. AWM doesn't just create content. We own the physical lines and ISPs that bring it to you. SOPA would allow you to sue us just for pointing you toward a bootleg chili peppers track. Doesn't that screw you on both ends? Yeah, that's sort of why we wanted to help write the law. But three members of the Judiciary Committee ran and won with Tea Party support. And kicked AWM out of the country? Yep. They misinterpreted the Taliban comparison and heard it as some kind of, I don't know, insult or whatever. You know, when he said it two weeks ago, I, I smiled. I thought, let the chips fall where they may. You know what I'm thinking now? I don't. Chips are falling. She People are mad at Charlie watches. People are mad at him, Charlie. They're going to be mad at you, too. Fuck them. I don't know. Rebels just took tripling. He exits. Charlie lost in thought. Then. Wait, what? Interior, studio slash control room. Will is in the studio giving a broadcast. Mackenzie is in the control room with the production team. When roughly nine hours ago, rebel forces swarmed the Bab al-Azizia, Muammar Gaddafi's compound, and less a presidential palace than a military fortress and the symbol of his reign. Title, August 23rd, 2011. After a siege of several hours and an extended gun and mortar battle, Gaddafi's compound fell. And while there's celebration in the streets, no one at this hour knows the whereabouts of the now-deposed strongman who ruled Libya for 42 years. We go live to ACN Shannon Hamid, who is standing outside the compound just south of Tripoli's city center, where it's a few minutes after 2 a.m. Shannon. Go six. Ready? Sought one. Shannon appears on the monitor. Will, this is a jubilant day in Libya. While there remain a few isolated patches of fighting in the Gaddafi loyalist suburbs, the, the gunfire that you hear is largely celebratory. Sot one. You can see some of the rebels on their way to the compound. 45 back. Jim comes into the control room. 
We, we got to pull the Strauss-Kahn package. Why? We blew the fact check. We, we say the French police charged him with attempted rape. The French police are investigating him for attempted rape. We pushed play in that package in 90 seconds. Is it on camera or VO? VO. Show it to me. 16, get Ryan on the phone. Use a landline. Jake, let's go. 15 seconds, live. 16's at. Play it. Package goes in 60. Did you know that in 91, 20 Kuwaitis died after being hit by falling bullets while celebrating the end of the Cold War? I didn't. Law of averages caught up to them. Yeah. Jim dials the phone. 118 people treated at a Los Angeles hospital for injuries sustained from random falling. Shut up. Copy that. Right there. In three, two. There's a cue. Shannon, at this hour, do the rebels know anything about where Colonel Gaddafi might be? Well, that's their frustration, Will. He's vanished. Answer the phone. But he's believed to still be in Tripoli. Nobody knows for sure. Ryan, hey, it's Jim. I'm putting you on the speaker at New York Control. He clicks the speakerphone. Quiet. What's going on? Where are you? Berehana with my kids. Get to a quiet place. Hurry. 30 seconds. Play it for me. Jake plays the package. But there's more trouble ahead for the French diplomat. Strauss-Kahn still faces a civil suit here in New York, and in an unrelated case, French police have charged them with the attempted rape of writer Tristan Bannon in 2003. Ryan, over the phone we hear a crash and a scream. You there? I'm sorry, yeah. Say our investigating charges of attempted rape brought by... Are investigating charges of attempted rape brought by... Two tenths over. A little faster on my cue. Say it like a phrase. Stand by. Reporting live on this historic day from Tripoli. Turning now to Dominique Strauss-Kahn. Today, New York Supreme Court Judge Michael Obis dismissed all charges against the former IMF chief after prosecution cited problems with the accuser's credibility. Rule 16. Ryan Franklin was in the courtroom today and has this report. On the monitor, we see Ryan's report. A smiling and visibly relieved Dominique Strauss-Kahn walked out of the courtroom a free man today, more than three months after the former head of the International Monetary Fund was arrested and charged with sexual assault. But there's more trouble ahead for the French diplomat. Strauss-Kahn still faces a civil suit here in New York. And in an unrelated case, French police... Oh, Jake presses a button. ...are investigating charges of attempted rape brought by... Jake presses the button again. Ryder Tristan Bannon in 2003. In addition, despite the Manhattan District... Applause in the control room. They did it. Go back to your kids. 55 back. This graphic isn't loading. What? G9 isn't loading. Yeah, I've got a switcher problem. Are you kidding? None of the... Shit, I'm losing the board. Stay cool. We've got to reboot. All the monitors go on the frit. Oh, there go the monitors. We've got great. Uh, is the mainframe down? The whole board's down. 7 a.m. waking up in the morning. Gotta be fresh, gotta go down. Listen up, we're gonna bypass the switcher. Hard patch the camera output to the one by 10. 30 back. Is this affecting our air? It will be in 20 seconds, heads up. You're gonna come up back up with only one camera. We can't roll the graphics without the switcher. Can we route them to the desk monitor? There'll be hard cuts. Do it. 
Jake plugs the patch. Screens all change to the same footage. Party and party and yeah, party and party and whoa. Pull your shot back so we can see the monitor. Mike, go wide and get the monitor. Will, your graphics aren't going to be full screen. They're going to be on a monitor behind you. I don't have a monitor behind me. Turn to camera three. In three, two. Now you do. Dominic Strauss-Kahn had spent 50 days under house arrest, as well as four days in jail on Rikers Island. Today, he is free to go home to France. We'll be back after this. That's optimistic. Interior bullpen, Mackenzie comes out of the control room. Good show. Thanks. Seamless. Thank you. Like running autopilot. I don't even think. We blew the fact check and there's a virus. Fix it. Yeah. So you ready for this? Ben Ferrier show bet another embed on the Romney bus that he could jump from the second floor of the Neusha Holiday Inn and land in the pool. And? He broke his ankle in two places. These guys are drunk every night. They're 23. They're on a bus in Nashua. They're drunk in the mornings too. You need to send someone on the road for a couple weeks until Ben can hobble again. Send whoever you want to punish. Will passes singing. Party and party and whoa. Can I? No. You got a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to change. Remind Sloan we got the draft in 10 minutes. He exits to his office. Hey, money skirt. The day will come. Sloan has come up behind him, startling him. We have an HR rep who cares what goes on on this floor. And on that day, sir, I will dance upon your grave. Reciting stock quotes and wearing a skirt. How much time do I have to formulate a comeback? That was it. The first thing out of your mouth is the comeback. You wasted yours on a question about comebacks. Fantasy football draft starts in 10 minutes. I know, I'm the commissioner. Your parents must be proud. They are. I was elected unanimously. You were unopposed, just like when you were elected class treasurer. That was an important job. It wasn't. Why does it have to be like this? Because you're a nerd, and I'm a nerd, and you make nerds look bad. No, I make nerds look good. I've been meaning to tell you you've been doing a perfectly adequate job filling in for Elliot this week. There's a wire report about a drone strike in the FATA that killed five suspected militants. Excellent. You heard me say suspected, right? Talk to your EP. He exits. Mac? Just a minute. Ben Ferruccio broke his ankle. Is he all right? No, he's an idiot. But let me know who to put on the Romney bus for a couple of weeks. I'll check out what people are working on. Sloan, you want me? Sloan follows Mackenzie to her office. MJ. Yeah? Is your cousin... uh... Crazy? Yeah. She is. She's spamming me to death. Why'd you give her your email? Jim is eavesdropping on their conversation from his desk. She asked for it and I thought it would please you. Everything I do, I I do it to please you. She's crazy. Thanks for the heads up. So what do you want me to do tonight? What would please you? Romantic drink? Dancing? Romantic bowling? What does that look like? (laughs) It looks like regular bowling. Walk through the park? A romantic mugging? I know how to defend myself. Do you know how to defend me? I shout, run! Really loud. (laughs) I'll see you at home. Perfect. Have a good show. Yeah, not a chance. They do a cutesy patty cake thing. Dawn exits. Interior, Will's office. Charlie's waiting. Jenna comes in. 
Excuse me? He'll be out in a minute. I'll come back. Do I know you? I'm Jenna Johnson. You look familiar. I just started as an intern. Say, why is America the greatest country in the world? Why is America the greatest country? You're the sorority girl. That's what I'm most famous for. You hired her? I'm benevolent. There we go. Nope. I'm benevolent. There are eight Broadway musicals that have won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. In five minutes, I need you to name them, the composer, lyricist, librettist, and source material, if any. I need your- Go. She goes. You make the interns learn musical theater history? You're welcome, America. Kafadi's done. Mm. Gaddafi's done. Things you thought you'd never see. I want to talk to you about 9-11 anniversary coverage. I like how it's coming along so far. It has a good tone. It looks up. I'm going to pull you from the coverage. Elliot and Sloan will co-anchor in primetime. Because Reese got kicked out? No, it's not Reese. Leona. It's me. I made the decision. All right. We're going to be officially condemned on the House floor tomorrow. That's a good use of time. And Giuliani pulled out. Yeah. 9-11 windows, first responders. Some 9-11 widows and first responders. No, I know. It's the critical mass. The op-eds, the boycotts, the advertisers, Reese getting kicked out of the SOPA meeting, which you know we're going to read about. I just think on this one day... No, I, I totally get it. Okay. Let me talk to Reese. It's not Reese. Leona. They haven't said a word about 9-11. They've got bigger fish. For the record, I compared the Tea Party to the Taliban, and we were attacked by Al-Qaeda. I don't want to ask the people to make that distinction on the 10th anniversary. No, we've never gone wrong getting our enemies mixed up. It's just not the day to have the argument. How do you want to handle it? You'll get the flu around the 9th or 10th. Okay. Listen, they'll do it at your desk under the Newsnight logo, but I'm going to take your name off of it for the night. Contractually, I need your permission. I'm sorry. Will reaches for a cigarette. No, man, it's the price of doing business. For what it's worth, I didn't know you were going to say it, but I was happy when you did. Hmm. Me too. All right. Don't worry about it, Charlie. I'll see you upstairs for the draft. All right. Charlie goes, Will contemplates. Jenna re-enters. Of the Icing, 1932. Music by George Gershwin. Lyrics by Ira Gershwin. Book by George S. Kaufman and Maury Reiskind. Fiorello, 19... Right. I need your suit. Yeah. He hands her the suit and reflects as she goes. Interior bullpen. Maggie approaches Jim's desk. How's it going? Good. I'm just, you know. Is this really awkward? No. Because I was thinking that if we could just like say so and name it, then we could go back to the way things were. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't want to go back to the way things were. I meant being friends and it not being awkward. It was always awkward. That's the way things were. You want to say it wasn't a big deal. Oh, okay, we're friends, but you're also staff. And at some point, this conversation is inappropriate. I don't understand what you're saying. It's only awkward because you want it to be. That's a big accusation. <sighs> All right. 
Let's try again tomorrow. She walks back to her desk. You blew the fact check on DSK. I know. Okay. Jim thinks for a moment, then goes up and go, gets up and goes into Maggie's, Mag, Mackenzie's office. Yeah. I'll go. Where? New Hampshire. Um, cover for Ben. Why? I've never been on the road with a campaign. I didn't know you wanted to. Wait 10 months till he's the nominee. I'd like to go now. Nothing to cover. Of course there is. There isn't. It's the same three rallies and three diners a day. Ben puts down a stand-up at each of them. When was the last time you saw any of them on the air? I don't know. Send Martin. I'd really like to go. You're the senior producer here. That's great. No, I'm saying you're going to be fighting it out with stringers to get access to low-level stuff. I know what they do. Romney's not McCain. If you've got some vision of kicking it in the RV with the candidate. I don't. You're going to be bored. Mac, fire me or send me to New Hampshire. Sorry. She closes the door. What's wrong with you? I just want to get out of town for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, when you blew it with Will, you went to Peshawar. There aren't any Taliban fighters in Concord. It'll just be two weeks. You should bring Barry Dentana up from D.C. to cover for me. Jerry's apartment night. Jerry's talking on the speakerphone. He reads a news story from his laptop. Five suspected militants were killed in, by a U.S. drone strike in the Fatah. The unmanned predator drone fired two missiles at the vehicle driving on a main road in North Waritzistan. Is it illegal? Yes. Is it immoral? You bet. Are we going to investigate it? Of course not. Jerry, you got to stop driving me crazy with this drone shit. I'm going to have one target your car. The phone jerks. That, that's my other line. Uh, sorry for annoying you with the news. He switches lines and picks up the receiver. Jerry Dantana. Jerry, it's Mackenzie in New York. Oh, hey. Exterior, Will's condo balcony, night. Will is lounging with a glass of whiskey, smoking. Van Morrison's Into the Mystic plays. Cell phone rings. Will answers. Cats and kittens, grab your mittens. It's Will McAvoy and Van Morrison taking you through the night and into the mystic. Interior, Mackenzie's gondo, gondo. Same time. Mackenzie is in bed on the phone. Why didn't you tell me? Intercut with Will. Let's take some calls. Who do we have on the line, Freddie? It's Mackenzie from Midtown. You're talking to the Nightbird. Why didn't you tell me you were taken off the 9-11 anniversary? What are you doing up this late, Mackenzie from Midtown? Charlie just called me to ask how you were handling it, and I said, handling what? It was the right thing to do, caller. Bullshit. Ooh, Freddie, you better get that seven-second delay. Knock it off. Let's not make it a big deal. You're okay with this? I am. Can I go back to sleep? You're in bed? It's the middle of the night. Why is there music playing? Same reason your nightlight's on right now. She looks. There is, in fact, a nightlight on. All right. All right. Will hangs up. Van carries us to exterior Holiday Inn day. Jim drives up and parks. He gets out of the car and jogs to the campaign bus. The Van Morrison continues as an underscore. Hey, excuse me. Yes, sir. Are you the lead advance? Yes, sir. 
I'm Jim Harper. I'm going to fill in for Ben Ferruccio for a couple weeks. How's Ben doing? His ankle is broken, but he'll be okay. I just drove up from New York. Do I have time to check in and drop my stuff off? Sure. We'll wait as long as you want. Thanks. Jim starts for his car, then stops. That was sarcastic. Nah, I'll just tell the governor not to start speaking until you get there. Got it. So you're with ACN? Yeah. I'm sorry, but the bus is full today. You'll have to drive. There's, there's like 40 empty seats. I wasn't wild about the American Taliban broadcast. Huh? Dude, you can't keep me off the bus just because you don't like our reporting. I can. Come on, man. I've been driving all night. Then you better get some gas. What's Obama got it at? Four fifty a gallon now? He gets on the bus and the door closes. He addresses the reporters on the bus. Morning. The bus leaves. Van swells meaning Van Morrison. Exterior, the AWM building day. It's raining. Interior, Mackenzie's office. You could have checked into the, uh, what? You could have checked into the hotel first. I can do that tonight. You heard about the latest drone strike? We reported it at 10. You walk into the bullpen. Yeah, but that's all we did. You and Sloan Sabbath are gonna get along very well. You're going to meet Will now, okay? We've met. He's not going to remember. They walk into Will's office. Will, this is Jerry Dantana. We've met. Of course we have. How you been, man? They shake hands. As Jerry explains, Will gives shrugs of, I don't have a clue who that is. We had a long talk the last time he was in D.C. Great. Jerry's going to cover for Jim for a couple of weeks. I have no idea why you let him go. Because I did. Well, I'm sure Terry's a good guy. Jerry. But I fear change, and that should be respected. You'll get used to me. And then Jim will come back, and it'll be a hellscape. Why don't we send Harry to New Hampshire? Who's Harry? He is. Jerry. See what I mean? No. No one does. Can I mention something? Sure. I think this network should be doing more stories about the administration's counterterrorism policies. And I think while I'm in New York, it would be a good time for me to get it started. Well, it's actually not a great time for me. But that go-getter initiative you have... I'm not crazy about that either. Remember that long talk we had in D.C.? Mm-hmm. Do you want to lead or do you want to follow? He wants to follow. And barely that. A knock at the door. Come in. It's my office. Sloan comes in with a piece of paper. Drone strike. I don't believe this. Drone strike. This is Jerry Dantana, who will be covering. There was another one? This morning. What's that you got there? Drone strike. Drone strike. Can't understand what you're saying. You can too understand what I'm... Reuters. This is what I was talking about. United States predator drone strikes on vehicle in northwest Pakistan. Can I see that? Uh, It's a blank piece of paper. I left the wire report in my office, and on the way here, I decided I wanted a a prop. You didn't think to just have someone print it out? A lot of better ideas are coming to me as I'm standing here, but why can't we let the past be the past? It was 12 seconds ago. Two U.S. officials identified the target of a drone attack as Abu Hafs al-Shari, a Saudi national. They declined to provide... They declined to provide more precise details. Hold the role. The government is declining to reveal highly classified intelligence and expose the methods by which we find and kill terrorists? That's just plain wacky. All this is is a press release. It's a blank piece of paper. No reporter gets to ask, did we kill any civilians? Or how does Pakistan feel about us invading their airspace to kill people occasionally? 
Or who authorized the strike? Or who's Abu Hafs al-Sharif? He's the head of Al-Qaeda in Pakistan. And the commander-in-chief authorized the strike. I'd like this for my five minutes tonight. It's not an economic story. Watch me make it one. It should be a full panel right after A Block, where presumably we'll be staying with Libya. An ethicist, a military analyst. And me. I'd rather have a human rights expert. No offense. We're not loading the panel to the left. Why are we having a panel at all? I'll take The Economist. That happened fast. You can get in touch with Mike Tapley. I'd like to use a guy named Cyrus West. Jim uses Tapley for military analysis. Yeah, I know, but I think you're going to like Cyrus West. He's a retired Air Force captain, teaches in the public policy at the Maxwell School, and he's a hardliner on drones. You're sure you don't want to use Tapley? Got to start producing sometime. All right, start now. We've got a rundown meeting. As she goes, she glances at Will, who's not thrilled. Jerry goes too. Drone strike. Hey, keep your uh, eye on Jerry for me. I think he wants to win a Peabody. Hmm. Who's Jerry? Okay. Interior bullpen conference room. Staffs assembled. Gary, Tamara, Tess, Martin, Neil, Maggie, and Dawn. As Mackenzie enters with Jerry. Ben Ferruccio jumped from the second story of a Holiday Inn in Nashua. I've been in that room. He didn't make it, right? No, he's out for a couple of weeks. Jim drove up last night to cover for him. This is news to Maggie. So say hello to Jerry Dantana, who most of you already know. The Jim went on the Romney bus? He wanted to go. Why? For the experience and to be a team player. Couldn't you make the argument that he just left the team? You could. Do you want to? Not the second, but... Seriously, what's going on? Ben Ferruccio broke his ankle. Jim's covering for him for a couple of weeks, and Jerry's up from D.C. to cover for Jim. He's going to produce a panel tonight in the B or C block. B would be great. It would be great. What everyone is asking is, why, why would a senior producer... No, no. Four months before Iowa. The clock's run out on this conversation. If I'm going to sit in any rundown meetings, they can't be mired in these kind of detours. It's like playing golf behind a force of blind people. Also, Dawn will be in our rundown meetings. Charlie wants us doing more cross-network stories, so think of 10 o'clock as our second act. Or 8 o'clock as our warm-up. How should we think about 9? It's Washington. It doesn't matter. That's not something we think. Huh? You guys there? Yeah. The search for Gaddafi continues. Journalists and dignitaries are being freed from the Rixos Hotel and Mustafa Abdul Jalil is offering what amounts to a million and a half dollars in amnesty to anyone who finds Gaddafi. Did he call anyone? Did Gaddafi call anyone? Jim. He hasn't run away from home. Tamara. He called me last night. The earthquake was a 5.8, and AP is reporting it caused a crack in the Washington Monument, which will now be closed indefinitely. 
What else? Uh, PPP has Rick Perry at 22 and Romney at 19. Tess? Steve Jobs is going to officially resign today. Let's close with that. Martin? APs paid $5 billion in claims to compensate victims, and the Deficit Reduction Committee is launching a website for public input. Public input on deficit reduction. Well, I feel better already. Anything else? Yeah. And are you very sure you want to pitch this? Yes. Bring it. About 11 weeks ago, June 9th, the domain name Occupy Wall Street was registered. And? Title, August 24th, 2011. I believe America is on the verge of starting its own Arab Spring. Really? Yeah. Gaddafi, drones, let's keep working the others and I'll make my first cuts at the two. Neil follows Mackenzie into the bullpen. It was registered by Adbusters and they sent out an email saying America needs its own tarrier. We call them elections. Hang on. On July 13th, Adbusters sends an email to 90,000 people telling them to gather on September 17th. That's roughly three weeks from now at the charging bull on Wall Street. The email goes viral in 15 minutes. New websites were formed and there's been instant and substantial support across Twitter and Reddit. August 2nd, they staged their first organizing, organizing meeting and have been holding weekly planning meetings, which they call general assemblies. They always start by making up a new language. 50 to 100 people have been showing 50 up. 50 out of an email blast to 90,000? 50 to 100. And is there a list of incoherent and unrealistic demands? Just one thing, and it's perfectly coherent, a presidential commission to get money out of politics. Come with me. They walk into McKenzie's office. Here's a fax I get every day. It's the protests that are going on in New York. Just New York. Today, Jews say no are protesting the air attacks on the Gaza Strip. Uh, topless protesters are demanding that lawmakers repeal codes against toplessness. On the East River, residents are protesting the building of a high rise near a soccer field, and union members are protesting the United Brotherhood of Carpenters' new leadership. And at any given moment, a group is protesting ads in the subway, standardized tests, horse-drawn carriages, and fracking. I know how much you want this, and I like how much you're going for it, but you've got to wait until something's real. All right. He goes, interior bullpen. As Neil returns to his desk, Mackenzie comes out of her office. Neil? Yeah? What was it called again? Occupy Wall Street. When's the next General Assembly? Tonight. You should go. Sure. He thinks for a moment, then gets an inspiration, sits and starts typing. Interior, studio slash control room, broadcasting, a panel is in session. A minute ago, your issue was with legality, and now it's with the morality. I'm able to hold as many as two thoughts in my head at once. The Fifth Amendment- The Fifth Amendment, like all the other amendments, guarantees certain rights to US citizens. If an American vacationing in the Khyber Pass gets targeted by a predator, 
We need to ask, are we creating more terrorists than we're killing? We need to ask. We don't know exactly what that collateral damage is because of the lack of any transparency or accountability. Now, factor in that the BDA, the Bomb Damage Assessment, counts all military-aged males as militants. But to your second point, the fact that drones are... Are they cheaper? I prefer arguing the legality and the morality, but no, they're not. An F-16 costs 50 million and a drone costs 30. But we procure drones in large groups of four, combat air patrols or CAPS. We buy them as a set. So it's 120 million versus 50 million for the Falcon. What we should be talking about. Costs in terms of human lives. That's about all I can stand. I've said I can, I can stands and I can't stands no more. Did you want to jump in, Captain? I do, because my concern is with the cost of American lives here and in combat. Sloan, you didn't mention that a $50 million F-16 has to be flown by a pilot who's somebody's father, and that he can be shot down by a shoulder-mounted point-and-shoot stinger. Now, Dr. Cochran, I can appreciate that you're an ethicist, but we don't face an ethical dilemma. Can a drone distinguish between an Al-Qaeda operative and a goat herder? I don't care, and neither should you. Get in there, Will. And as for the legality, the authorization for use of the military force has passed by Congress. Ask him if the AUMF said we were at war with terrorists or the Pakistani civilians. Authorize the president to pursue terrorists with all necessary appropriate force. Drones represent the safest form of lethal action against terrorist targets, period. It's more complicated than that. Period. Ask him about the AUMF. Wills doesn't respond. Ak and Taliban senior leadership in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Yemen, and the Horn of Africa, period. Get in. So naturally, here comes the human rights watch. A-U-M-F. He still doesn't respond. The United Nations Treaty on International Humanism. The UN gets four blocks of free parking on the east side of Manhattan, and that's it. That's not it. Period. We're going to have to end this there. This is Newsnight. We'll be right back after this. Mackenzie stands in disbelief. 2.30 back. I like to use the full range of punctuation. Commas, colons, parentheses. He was trying to get noticed. No shit. Why did we go all quiet? I teed him up. Will's not your problem. The panel's your problem. I'll have a word with him. He's very good. Use Jim's guys. Yep, I will. Charlie and Mackenzie share a look. Interior bullpen. Jerry comes out of the control room. Good. What was with period, period? Uh, I meant it. Sigh, you're a little over the top. Somebody say something? Did Will say something? No, he's still on the air. I'm going to get asked back. It's not up to me. All right. I'm gonna give you a story now. I'm I'm gonna give you a name to call, but you have to use me to help you follow it. What kind of story? You have to use me to help you follow it. What kind of story? The kind that makes careers and and its presidencies. That's a joke, right? Look, man, I've been trying to help you, but you've been fucked up since the I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Makes careers and ends presidencies. A black op called Genoa. Interior studio, Will Broadcasting. 
That's Newsnight for August 24th, 2011. Terry Smith is coming up next with the Capitol Report, followed by Sloan Sabbath filling in on Right Now. I'm Will McAvoy. Good night. Lights go down a moment, then we hear and clear. Will takes off his earpiece and walks into the outside control room. Mackenzie pushes him against a wall. You know what? I agreed with everything he said. How about the way he said it? It wasn't my style, but... The AUMF. You are able to hear me, right? There didn't seem to be an opening. You didn't have a problem making one when you went to break 41 seconds early. Sorry about that. She looks at him in disbelief, then pushes him against the wall again and walks off. Herb comes out of the control room with Jake and Joey. Good show. Thanks. Good night. Good job. They don't stay to chat. Will is left thinking. Exterior park, night, the Occupy Wall Street General Assembly. Hey, everyone. Good to see you. If there are no announcements, we'll get started. No announcements? Okay, I see some new faces, so I have to say up front, no police and no reporters. Everybody? She sees Neil. Dude. Dude. Me? Me? You're wearing ACN credentials. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, pretty stupid. Uh, my name is Neil Sampat. I'm with ACN, and I'd love to observe this meeting. No journalists, no exceptions. The others agree, making hand signs like jazz hands. Do you mind if I ask a question? Joel makes another sign like a C. Neil gets it, makes the sign. Question? Why wouldn't you want to get the word out about the sit-in on the 17th? It's, I'm John and we don't call it a sit-in. Why wouldn't you want to get the word out? We do, we just don't need your help to do it. We wanna make sure, no offense, our message is clear before it's distorted by the press. Your message was clear in the email blast. You want private money out of politics. We want more than that. We do want more than that. Can I ask? He makes the question sign. Yeah. Are you in charge? My name's Shelly, and no one's in charge. The group agrees. Jazz hands. Interior studio control room. Sloan Broadcasting. Dawn's in the control room. The findings were bleak, with results showing that less than half of high schoolers were able to correctly identify the century in which the Civil War was fought. One in four thought Columbus discovered the New World sometime after 1750. And if the Bill of Rights were abolished, a third of high school students wouldn't be able to name a right they just lost. Things get worse in Oklahoma. Almost always do. Where a majority of high school students failed the test given to immigrants seeking to become naturalized citizens, three-fourths couldn't name the first U.S. president. Ben Franklin nailed it. And only a third knew the length of a House member. That note. That's all for Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Sloan Sabbath filling in for Elliot Hirsch. Have a good night. Good show. We hear a director. We're clear. You don't have to say it like that. I said it the regular way. Interior bullpen. Sloan comes into the bullpen. Into the bullpen. Great show. You saw it. I've got a DVR. Listen, was Will okay on the panel tonight? Sure. You and me. I don't know why he didn't jump in on the AMUF door the guy opened. 
I don't know why he didn't cut him off or throw it to the ethicist. He seemed to want to make it clear ACN is anti-terrorist. Maybe he was just getting out of the way. Yeah. John approaches, looking at his notebook. Charlie speaks as he exits. Good show tonight. You saw it? Keep it up. He looks at Sloane. For a moment, they say nothing. He starts to leave. So. But are you talking to me? Yeah. And you know you're not speaking right now. When you asked me why I was single and I said it was because you hadn't asked me out, I thought it was my last day. I know. And honestly, it sounded like a good line. I hardly ever land those. I took it as a joke. You did? Yeah. I mean, it was. Good. All right. All right. I'm heading home. I've got a 13-day streak going on being a good boyfriend. What do you get if you hit two weeks? A healthy conscience. I'll uh, see you tomorrow. He starts off. See you tomorrow. Exterior street, night. Neil and Shelly are walking. Tell me about yourself. Uh, you tell me about yourself. Um, I run our show's website and I'm trying to get my EP interested in this story. Why isn't he interested already? She. It's not that she's not interested. She's just waiting for it to happen and I'd rather get in on the ground floor. She doesn't like ground floors? Mm, she doesn't think there's going to be a second floor. Well, that's all right. I still don't have your last name. I'm Shelley Wexler. I'm a PhD candidate in anthropology at NYU, where I also teach. Is this your first experience with activism? When I was a minor, I was arrested in Seattle at the WTO protests. And my minor, you mean? <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Uh, minor, under 18. Oh, okay. Were you involved in Seattle? Were you in the violence? In the... No, I'm nonviolent, as is Occupy Wall Street. They sit on a park bench. Neil pulls out his notebook. <laughs> on September 17th, we want to see 20,000 flood into lower Manhattan, set up tents, kitchens, peaceful barricades, and occupy Wall Street. Then what? We stay until our demands are met. The arrest and prosecution of the people responsible for the crash, the formation of a presidential commission to investigate corruption in politics, the ratification of a constitutional amendment outlawing the legal designation of corporate personhood. You're gonna sleep in a park until a constitutional amendment is ratified by three quarters of the states? We mean business, Neil. What's with the uh, hand gestures? It's a Quaker tradition and a peaceful way of maintaining order when your movement has no leaders. Doesn't a movement need leaders? We believe in a horizontal structure. Are you worried that the horizontal structure is gonna give power to people who shouldn't have it? You mean Joel and John? Shelley, you started off with one clear and not unreasonable demand. And now you've got like 14 of them, including arresting Bear Stearns and the Lehman Brothers. Are you doing a story or giving advice? I haven't been assigned the story, so I'm giving advice. And you can't have a protest unless the media is covering it. 
well, the media is going to cover it, but they're going to cover the drum circles and crunchy, uninformed college kids yelling at the earners, who coincidentally are the guys running Time Warner News Corps and AWM. You don't have the patience for complicated things. I do. Then why do you take Wall Street bullshit like limited government seriously? You and I and God and everybody knows that banks couldn't survive until lunch without zero interest loans from the government and bailouts when they bet a hard eight and lose. There's straight up fraud and you covered Casey Anthony. In our defense, we were the last ones to do that. Well, that's a lame defense. Where was Will McAvoy when Goldman sold its clients mortgage-related securities without disclosing that the hedge fund manager who chose the mortgages was betting on them to fail? Or when Citigroup sold its clients a mortgage fund with securities it knew would fail so the banks could bet against its, comp his, could bet against its customers? Citigroup made $160 million off its investors, losing $700 million. I expect I'll see your cameras the first time girls go wild. But until then, frankly, I just don't trust you to get a fucking story anywhere close to right, especially one with distractions. I want this to succeed. And you're on the wrong side of the camera. Sooner or later, you're going to want us. Go back to one clear message or you guys are going to be a joke. You can bring it up at the next meeting. I'll show you the hand signal. She walks away. Interior, Don's apartment. Maggie's asleep. Don's packing in the dark. He walks into a lamp, making a clatter. Mm. Mm. Sorry, go back to sleep. What's going on? It's okay. Honey, what are you doing? I'm just grabbing a couple of things. I'm going to go out to the Sheraton at 7 okay? What? It's all right. No, no. What's going on? I don't... I don't want, I don't want you to get upset. Wait, did you just say you're going to a hotel? Yeah, I, I called Lisa. Everything's fine. Wait. You can move back into your old place, but I figured it'd take a few days and I, I wanted to give you some room. You, you have to slow down and tell me. I came home and you, you were asleep and I, I was at the computer for a little while and I got an email. Cousin sent me an email with a link to your YouTube video. What does YouTube have to do with what's going on? Why are you going to a hotel? John goes to his laptop and presses play. Why are you packing? Slow everything down so I can... It's the video of Maggie's rant. Writing her 800-word column for a newspaper no one's ever heard of, but I just spent my last $7 having a fight with my best friend who by the way, isn't available at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday to console me about some guy because she, too, has a job. And mostly, when you fall for a guy and he's going out with your best friend, it doesn't work out. Things get really... She stops the video. Shit. Just stand there, okay? Because this, is, this isn't what it looks like. It starts to laugh. Why are you laughing? <laughs> You, you can't laugh at this. I mean, if I weren't a cast member in the story, I think it was pretty funny. It's on YouTube, Maggie. You're a news producer. You don't think on a boatload of tourists, somebody wasn't going to record that? Please let me explain. Nah, I, I spent this whole time thinking I was a bad guy for not being in love with you. It turns out. Don't say that. 
I know that Jim was on the thing and he heard you say all that. My cousin told you? She doesn't like you. She had a crush on me. She's going to get married and stab her husband one day, but that's besides the point. Lisa? I didn't tell Lisa about the video. I just told her it didn't work out. You should call Jim. Now tell him to get off the fucking bus. We're going, we're trying to do the news. I should be the one to leave. Come on, I should really be the one to leave. Take it easy, Maggie. He leaves. We stay for a moment with Maggie. Interior, Hong Chu, which is a karaoke bar. Will sits at the bar. Mackenzie enters, comes to Will, and slaps him upside the side of the head. Why'd I get hit in my head? I want to pursue drones. You won't catch them. They fly pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. The bartender, Tia, approaches. Jameson rocks. Thanks. I don't think there's an immoral way to kill terrorists. There's an illegal way, and we're doing it. I don't care. Because you were taken off the 9-11 anniversary coverage? I knew you were upset. Of course I'm... Are you kidding me? I'm flipping out. Tia turns... Mackenzie gets up and walks to a more private area. Will follows. Holy shit, Mac. What the fuck did I do? I know. It feels bad. I used to be exactly the person that you wanted to see in these moments. And I don't mean... I mean... I don't mean the old days. I know. Like a year ago. You still are. I remind people of the enemy? Jesus. Every blonde-haired guy from Nebraska reminds people of Muslim extremists. There's nothing you can do. Don't try to make me laugh. You can blame it all on me. If there was a way to blame it on you, don't you think I would have done that by now? I've got Roger Daltrey screaming, you better, you better, you bet in my ear. Why? You better, you better, you bet. It's about a really, no British rock. Why can't there be British rock? No, K-N-O-W, no British rock. When I say I love you, you say you better, you better, you better, you bet. Why is Daltrey screaming that in your ear? It feels like the relationship I have with the audience. You can't believe what this feels like. As a matter of fact, I can. I got that. Did you? Were you really in bed when I called last night? Yeah. It's Pete Townsend. Townsend wrote the song and Adultery's singing it. When does Jim come back? Couple of weeks. Oh, what can possibly happen in a couple of weeks? Let's finish our drink. She goes back to the bar. He follows. When I say I love you, you say you better? That person's just mean. Are you able to notice the irony? I see the irony. He finishes his drink. I'm going to pay for these. She'll take the Jameson to go. I don't really mind how much you love me. A little is all right. You get that in a completely different context. Roger Daltrey could be me, what I'm, what I would sing. You're saying it works on different levels? Your relationship with strangers or my relationship with you? The first one. I don't think either of us have the first idea what that song's about. A-U-M-F. I've never seen you leave a rebuttal that fat on the table. I don't care whose side you're on. I know. Don't do it again. And I can pay for my own drinks, pal of mine. Fine. Damn right, that's fine. I said fine. I left my purse up at the office. He gives his card to Tia. And I'll need some cash for the cab. He gives her a bill. And for the cab tomorrow morning. He hands over his wallet. She takes several 20s. 
Interior conference room. Mackenzie sits across from four lawyers. Yeah. If Ben Ferruccio hadn't broken his ankle, if Jim hadn't gone to cover for him, if Dantana hadn't come up to cover for Jim, if Mike Tapley hadn't been on the panel instead of Cyrus West, if I'd caught it before instead of after, God damn it! You know, nobody believed Genoa at first. It was impossible to believe. But piece by piece, the evidence started coming in and suddenly it was impossible to deny. It was the biggest thing any of us had ever touched, including Charlie. It was the Pentagon Papers, and we were the only ones who had it. We averaged about 1.5 million viewers. Genoa got 5.5 million. It was the most viewed program in the history of cable news. So yeah, definitely. If Ben Ferruccio had landed in the pool instead of on the pavement, we wouldn't be talking right now. And Will wouldn't be standing out in the hallway. He's there, right? It's because I'm in here. He's worried he got me in trouble and not the other way around. And you've got to admit for a guy who lives to be liked by the audience, he lets us put his life in danger a lot. When I was little, I asked my uncle how much a lawyer costs. He said, if it's bad, 300 pounds. If it's really bad, 400 pounds. And if it's really bad and you're guilty, how much do you cost? 1500 an hour. That's bad. Underscore the who's you better, you better, you bet. It's after midnight. Are you okay? Yeah. Let's start from the beginning. Uh, can you grab some more coffee? We ran out a while ago. State your full name and current occupation, please. Mackenzie Morgan McHale. I'm the executive producer of Newsnight with Will McAvoy. And when did you start at this job? The associate exits to corridor, where we find Will and Maggie sitting on the floor outside the conference room. Music. The Who continues. Blackout. End of show.